We're back to the Neil Haley Show here on the Total Celebrity Segment, and I'm excited to welcome the program John Hensley, Brat Black Emperor of Broadway, How to Get Away with Murder, all those different things. John, thanks for stopping by. How are you, man? I'm, I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me, Neil. It's nice to be here, for sure. Absolutely. I want to talk about, we'll just kind of jump into this character, and then we'll get into a little bit of how to get away with murder. Uh, but sure. let's go right into the character. I mean, to think about the story finally being told. I mean, mm. I think historically to know that there was this kind of racial discrimination at this mm. time on Broadway, it's just not highlighted, is it, John? It, no, for sure. I mean, it, in, in this particular story, uh, interesting i mean for, for me i was actually kind of unaware with uh, unaware of it which is which is you know in and of itself i think a bit of a tragedy that gilpin's story isn't you know better known um and and I, you know i'm a i'm an o'neill fan uh so so for me to not really be familiar with this particular chapter in both of those people's lives um that in and of itself, I think, kind of speaks to the fact that this story hasn't, you know, been appropriately told yet. Yeah, it hasn't been. And when I got to learn a little bit so far about it, but your character is very well known. And I mm -hmm. know that you like both the stage and acting on the screen. So you're mm -hmm. into both genres. So you're a fan of this guy before, meaning not the truth of it, but meaning knowing how his success as, as an actor, right? Not the person he was. Oh, are you, are you talking about Gilpin? No, I'm talking about, I'm talking about O'Neill and stuff. Uh, O'Neill. Yeah. Oh yeah. O'Neill. Are you kidding me? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, O'Neill. So, you know, not to say, I don't even know how this sounds. It's just the truth. I mean, for, for years I slept with a copy of long day's journey and tonight on my bedside table. I mean, I mean, that was almost like a, to, to me more than, you know, just someone's work. To me, there was almost something meditative about diving into that, you know, periodically. Um, so, yeah, I was, I was very familiar with O'Neill so much so that quite frankly, um, I was, I was very surprised, uh, quite frankly, that, that Arthur, the director of this film even knew who I was and, and secondly, uh, even more so that he wanted me to play Eugene O'Neill. Um, yeah. it was, it was kind of, it was kind of like a sight unseen. Yes. I was just like, what? Yeah. 100%. We'll figure out, we'll, we'll figure out what this thing actually is and what it's about later, but I'm in. So, so for me, I, I I'm, I'm a big enough fan that, um, just getting the ask to, to get to, you know, sort of, uh, you know, play that character um you know that that was that was a really that was a really lovely surprise and so i didn't i mean like i just could just tell this passion and you talking about this so mm -hmm. the preparation but i think you were disappointed also people have to see the film about what kind of person he was right after looking at it i mean you know i don't know man i mean i think you know, as far as, as far as, well, it, tr truth be told, I haven't seen the film yet. So I don't know. I don't know how Eugene O'Neill is, is ultimately portrayed. Um, I can only give, you know, my sort of layman perspective on him, which is that, um, you know, man, look, I, I am in no shortage of flaws, uh, as a human being myself. So I, 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 I don't know. I, I think I think I think it's really easy 
to sort of judge people through, you know, a, a very, um, uh, it's very easy to look at the lives of other people from sort of a 30,000 foot perspective when, you know, I think if we all aimed the mirror at ourselves, we would, we would find more than one instance where, you know, we could certainly improve and have been a better human being. Um, so, so I, I, I sort of look at it, uh, with, with regard to O'Neill and I don't know if this is kind of what you're getting at, but like, I, I think he was, um, and, and, and people who quite frankly know more about him than I do might, might disagree or, or might validate this. I, I think he was, you know, probably a pretty unforgiving person with regard to himself and with regard to the people uh, that he shared his life with, uh, whether professionally or personally, you know, um, and he certainly uh, had his bag of demons, you know, like, like yes. the rest of us. So, Everyone, so all of us have. Yeah, 100%. And that's, you know, that's not to excuse, you know, sort of his harshness, but, but, uh, but I think, I think sort of from that actually came some, some work that, like I said, has, has clearly stood the test of time, which, you know, it's, it's always that, that question, right. Of, of what, what do you, what do you, what do you forgive in the legacy that someone leaves behind? You know, does, does, does the work justify, uh, certain, uh, the way he treated, treated certain people and did certain things yeah, without, exactly, without exactly. giving them away and so, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, 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 you know, and, and again, and, and by the way, Neil, feel free to just interrupt me at any point if you're like, yeah, I, 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 your audience will discover I have no problem talking. Uh, I, I'm, yeah, I can I'm, tell I'm, that. Yeah, yeah I'm, a, I'm a Southern boy and I've got the gift of gab. But, but you know what, at least in, in shooting the film, you know, and again, I haven't seen it, so I don't know, I don't, I don't know, you know, how O'Neill is portrayed in the movie, but, but, but in terms of shooting, you know, I really regarded it as is that he he stood by what he believed to be right, which was that um, you know he he refused uh, not to cast uh, an African American actor in in a role that was written for an African American actor, and 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 but in that also he was not going to um, allow Gilpin any more leeway. Right. And that's that's that, where the that's where the kind of thing that could not happen today. We're gonna yeah, totally. way. That's where I'm looking at the O'Neill and the fact well, he did cast an African American, but then he asked him to do things that Gilpin felt was not right and blackballed him. So we've all done that in this business where we've black I'm a, I'm a former pro wrestler and I was not blackballed, but certain promoters would never book me again based mm -hmm. on being a jackass and say, Screw this. Sure. I'm doing this and this match and who cares? What, and mm -hmm. we don't think about those things when we're young, but ultimately, and then so, promoters, the same thing. I didn't like that guy's attitude or that director didn't like that guy. I'm not mm -hmm. going to cast him again. So mm -hmm. you can't go and look at his demons and stuff. But I think that for people looking back at that time period, John, mm -hmm. he looks like a pretty big racist and in, in, in that way. Yeah. I mean, maybe I don't, I don't know. You know I mean? The way, the way, I mean, yes, perhaps, but I mean, again, I, the way I, the way I sort of justified it, I just, that's the wrong. Cause you know, the way I looked at it, I guess I should say is that O'Neill 
and I could be wrong about this. I look, I did, obviously I didn't know the man, you know, so I, I want to be very careful in defending somebody that I didn't know. <laughs> yes. But my, my, my suspicion is that if what a lot of us generally know about him is true, he probably would have been just as unforgiving, just as brutal to anyone, regardless wow. of race, regardless of gender. I think O'Neill served and probably, well, I shouldn't even say probably, it feels so presumptuous to use words like probably, because again, I mean, we're talking about somebody who's been dead for God knows how long. But, but I think that the way I looked at it, I'll just say that, and, and, and maybe wrongly, is that um, he was a guy that served the peace Yes. Sort of above all else. I, and, and, and regardless of cost. It's all about him making exactly. this the best show possible and who I hurt, I don't care. And so it's interesting you take that because I, I, based on the other interviews, yes. I've not watched yes. the film either. I want to because I'm a, I'm a, uh, I have an undergrad in history. So I am I'm very intrigued by this. I was looking at you as a villain. And uh, so in a way, it's, it's someone's thought process. It was that time period. I mean, people were painting their faces yeah. and being playing black people, meaning they were painting their faces. Exactly. They weren't allowing an African-American to be on stage. They wanted anyone that, so there was a lot of different things involved in that. Now- No, I'm, totally. I mean, and, that, and that's the thing, honestly, Neil, like, like O'Neill, and again, I, you know, having not seen the film that I'm in yet, um, uh, the, uh, um, you know, on the day when we were shooting a lot of these scenes, it was very much from the point of view, like O'Neill fought for Gilpin. Like he was the only one that wanted to cast an African-American in the role. All the other people in his theater troupe wanted blackface. They insisted uh, on it. And see, he, I didn't hear that. So that's yeah, a, yeah. That's he, a, went, a, he went yeah. fully against the grain of not only the times as a whole. I mean, this was a time where, you know, it, it was, I mean, uh, you know, like they literally had African-Americans doing blackface. Like you couldn't even be an African-American portraying an African-American, you know? And, and, and so it was, it was a really uh, intense time. Right. And O'Neill dug his heels in and said, absolutely not. This is, this was, this was written for a black man. It will be portrayed. Not only like this guy is also, by the way, happens to be a brilliant actor. And, and it was, it was really the success of the production yes. that, that sort of tore these two guys apart. And, and it was, and, and, and where O'Neill kind of, you know, at least with regard to the story yeah. may have misstepped is that he was unable to allow for Gilpin to inject his own unique perspective exactly. on the story. It was, it was like, Hey, I get it. You're good at what you do, but I wrote it. So <laughs> it's not your character. Yeah. It's my character. And Gilpin's position generally was, you know, I get it. You wrote it, but you don't really know the world that you're, that you're playing in here. And you're, and you're speaking from a perspective that, that actually I, I, I know because like, I, you know, uh, it's like you're you're a white guy, you know, yeah, exactly. and and so and so. The so Gilpin really was groundbreaking in so many ways. Standing totally, up to totally, yeah. yeah so 100%. How did you how did you yeah. prepare for O'Neill, the character? 
especially oh, when you have I mean, such a fan, your your fan, fan favorite of his, based on yeah, his. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no. So, so I, you know, well, first of all, and and, and failed at it. I, I I tried to find you know sort of audio of of O'Neill, and and I personally was was unable to do it. But that's not saying much. I'm um you know not the not the world's best uh, internet sleuth, as it were. But um but Arthur um uh kind of put me at ease on that and he's like god you sound just like him which quite frankly could have been a lie i don't know how arthur knows what O'Neill said, but you know whatever i was like oh great great and and but um but uh you know i um how I, frankly how i prepared for it i'm a big believer in like you do your homework and then you throw it away and then and then and then trust that whatever happens on the day is what's meant to happen. But yes. if I go in there like a, like a steamroller thinking that I know exactly how this thing is supposed to play out, I don't live my life that way. Therefore, if we are, you know, in, assist, in, in, in essence, hopefully uh, giving some uh, relative accurate representation of how human beings interact with each other, I don't think it's appropriate that I enter a scene that way. So hopefully by the time I've shown up to set, whatever work I've done has literally been thrown in the dumpster and the residuals just there. So generally speaking, that's how I kind of approach things. And with regard to O'Neill specifically, um, and again, I don't want to presume anything about a man that, you know, I never knew, but, um, you know, again, kind of going back to Long Day's Journey into Night, I think one reason why that sat on my bedside table, you know, through, you know, multiple houses and multiple chapters in my life is because I... I felt like I was, I felt like this guy was reading my mail yes. and like I could read his mail. And so therefore there was something to the inherent despair in a lot of O'Neill's writing and, and the sort of unapologetic right. uh, humanity that, um, uh, you know, and I, and I, I, I don't, I don't mean this to, to sound in, in some way. It just wasn't a big leap for me to imagine uh, maybe the demons that O'Neill faced on a daily basis, sort of, you know, These demons that you face, John. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, with the yeah, different, yeah. I mean, you got to tell me the egos and the different people you deal with on different shows yeah. you've been on and different families and directors and oh, dealing with people. It's the same sure. thing. And I'm sure you've been, behind the screen, not just in front of the screen, you've directed, you've produced, maybe, I don't know. I'm just assuming that. And you had to take that role as a leader and make sure that you bring the right people in and how much more pressure is on you than just yourself relying on yourself. Yeah. I mean, look, it, it, 100%. I mean, I think that any, any production and, and just with regard to O'Neill, I mean, I think, you know, any one of us, again, I don't think it's a unique thing to sort of be crippled with insecurity and doubt and self-hate and, you know, any number of things, depression. You know, I think we all go through any number of those things in our lives. I certainly have. And, and, and you know, I've wondered more than once, like, Jesus Christ, what's the point, you know, and uh, of like literally waking up. And, and, and in O'Neill's writing, you know, that's a sort of constant that's like a thread that runs, you know, sort of constant through a lot of his characters. So it was very easy for me to connect with that. And then with regard to productions, you know, my thing is this, like with regard to any production, whether, whether, you know, it's working as an actor, whether it's directing, whether it's writing, um, 
I, I, and it, you know, it's nothing revolutionary, but I, I look at a production, really any business for that matter, it's like a spoked wheel. Yes. And, and just like a spoked wheel, if, if one spoke is out of skew, the wheel doesn't run and, true. And especially on the stage, that's how it is. 100%. And so my, my primary concern as an actor is to make sure I'm not the crooked spoke. You know what I mean? That I'm not the one like causing the wheel to, right. to go off the rails. And then, and then as a director, uh, you know, it might be an overly simplistic thing, but I think a lot of directing, man, is just communication. Is like is is really being there for, you know, in a way on the day, allowing yourself to be a bit of the hub, but not hub in terms of like I control this wheel, but hub in terms of like I'm here for every spoke, and 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 hopefully I can be of service to the to the wheel as a whole, and and so that's that's um, I, I, you know, that's sort of how I just regard productions and believe me to your point about egos my god man i mean i you know <laughs> I, I mean look it's it just is what it is i it mean is. i i and i i could i could literally talk to you until your head falls off about, i know you could on that yeah about my my feelings on that i mean i i i think a lot of that it's funny enough in a weird way it might connect to the o'neill of it all um you know man and and i'm and i'm, and I'm sure you can relate to this neil um, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I would, I would never presume to know the, the pro wrestling world at all, but I gotta believe that this plays into it is that, you know, like you work really hard and, and some people not, some people do, but, but whatever you, you do what you do, you get the opportunities you get. Yes. And when you're a, a performer, those opportunities are only given to you by a something like some somebody or something that holds more power exactly right? and that's so wrestling then when you're yes. when, dude totally and then when you're on set or maybe backstage or, or actually in the ring uh, you know i think a lot of people instead of uh being grateful for the fact that they've been given the opportunity and and thereby uh, you know taking the opportunity to sort of plant a row of good seed rather see a crack in a door where they suddenly have access to a perceived power that they didn't have, you know, even a month ago and it can kind of turn them into a monster. And, and, and when I see people behave that way, I try to remember that at the core of that person is someone who is really scared and really terrified right. that they may never be given the chance to work again after right. this job. Right. And that it's actually probably unconscious exactly. how horrible they're being. Now, maybe that's giving them that, too much no, benefit of the doubt, no, but that's no, what no, I choose no, to believe. Just, uh, thinking about this Black Emperor of Broadway, it's available now. I want to ask a couple, a quick question about how to get away with murder and then jump yeah. into specifically any other projects you have. But I wanted to bring sure. up Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Quick story. The Rock, I love The Rock that he is today. The Rock, uh -huh. when I first met him, before he was nothing, was that. When I wow. met him in WWE, when I went to do a TV taping to get a, you know, I was jobbing. I'm six foot ten, but I was, they were taking a look at me to maybe sign me. He didn't pay attention that he knew me. Everyone else that was around me the, the, that were, you know, pretty big stars on, that are now in WWE that were down south when I was there, all said hello to me. So uh -huh. I wonder who The Rock is The Rock. But that's an ego, and it could be the day. It could be why it happens. John could have blown people off on set. We don't know that. But, okay, now let's go to how to get away with murder. Now, how did you not, like man. I will say that. I hope I'm not. I, 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 I don't want to speak too boldly, but, but I, 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 
I'd be real curious if anybody were able to say that about me. Uh, okay. but, so, John, uh, but, so how but, to get with but, her, yeah. the one thing I wanted to yeah. ask on that is how did it play playing a love interest in that way, in the way that, you know, the, a lot of the guys that were on the show, because I watched all the seasons, you know, they were pretty, you know, heartthrobs in certain ways and relationships. And then you get put in this relationship with this, with this uh, attorney that she had relationships with other guys, you know, that were maybe a little bit more attractive than you, John. How did you play that character? I'm just thinking of that in a way, because I can see you laughing on set playing that in a way, that love interest type of thing. In term, sorry, I, you, you broke up a little uh, bit. Well, love, I was talking about specifically enough the love interest, how mm -hmm. a lot of people that dated your, your uh, fiancé were a different attraction than you how did you play that role in a lot of ways when a lot of the guys were very you know in shape in certain aspects were kind of you know just uh a different look for how to get away with murder than your role oh dude make no mistake you could wash clothes on my stomach buddy so let's not let's okay, not get it okay john there let's we go it, john's let's ready not, to let's set not up get it twisted neil come on come on let's not get it twisted i'm just kidding i'm kidding um even though you could i'm kidding uh uh, no, I, um, you know, I'll tell you, I'll tell you. And, and, uh, the, the, uh, I'll tell you how the whole, how to get away with murder thing kind of came about it. And, and this, I think this will actually answer your question because it was, it was sort of a bit of a surprise the way things evolved with, um, with Ronald and Bonnie and, and, and that, um, I, w I initially came onto that show just literally to do a one episode guest spot. It was oh, like, wow. you know, I was, I, yeah, I was just, just like I don't even know. I could be wrong. I don't want to misspeak, but I don't even know if he like had a like he was just the DA. Like he was DA Ronald Miller, and you know it was a couple of court scenes, I think. Yeah. And and um, you weren't the um, DA yet. I wasn't the DA yet. Yeah. And 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 I I don't again. I don't want to misspeak. You know, Pete Nowak would certainly be better equipped to answer this. Um, but um. I, I was initially literally hired to do a guest spot on, on one episode and I, I'm assuming I don't know something in the, in the edit and, and thought that there was something there and it, and it sort of evolved naturally. So all to say that it wasn't like now, once they, once they signed me to sort of multiple episodes, there was a little bit of discussion about, Hey, this is sort of where the arc is going and what's going to happen with, you know, Ronald and, and Bonnie, but, um, I didn't really like, I didn't really overthink it, man. I didn't really think about it. I look, I, and, and I'm sure you can relate to this too, Neil. It's like, dude, like when you've been doing this stuff, it's, uh, it's, uh, I'll tell you something that the very first theater professor I had, Paul Rathbun out of Fort Lewis college in Durango, Colorado, I got to give him credit because I haven't seen the man since he said these words to me right before okay, I yeah. left, right before I left Durango, Colorado and headed to New York City. But he said to me, he said, uh, he said, you know something, man, I think you can actually do this. He said, uh, and it's funny, you're talking about physicality. He said, you know, because you're not the world's biggest guy. And he's like, and they like small people. And he said, uh, and he said, uh, and he said, you got a decent enough look. And he's like, and you're all right. You're all right. You're like, you're not that bad. And he said, but I just have one piece of advice before you leave for New York. He said, don't ever, no matter what, don't ever take it personally. And I, dude, that's been carved on my soul since that day. And, and it's enabled me, perhaps in a delusional way, to sort of get through 
the overwhelming amounts of rejection that I've experienced that any actor's experienced. I mean, you, you know, I, I know other people have been far more fortunate than I am, but I can tell you I've experienced for every yes, for every you're hired I've gotten, I've for sure gotten a thousand no thank yous. And, and, and that's no exaggeration, by the way. And, and all to say that, that I've been around long enough that when I'm on a set, man, I don't concern myself with the dynamics at play with, with, with characters. Or yeah. I'm there to, I'm there to do what I can. I'm going back to that job. spoke thing. Right. Exactly. Like I'm and not, and so and not I, get offended by it and have thick skin no. and deal with it. Oh, wow. Dude, okay. I, 100%. Yeah, sorry. No. I know I, that may, that may no, not that's be okay, like John. the world's most So let's go with latest answer. projects. Yeah. Latest project. What, yeah. Black Emperor of Broadway is available now. You can check it out. I, I know it's available in certain places. Just Google, mm -hmm. find it. You'll find it different places on, uh, on you know, either VOD or also you can find it at Walmart, I think, that I was hearing from uh, a conversation right before. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's what I heard in the last interview, but who knows. Sweet. So what about you? Other projects? What's going on? Oh gosh. So, so right. So I spend a significant amount of my time these days writing. Um, okay. I mean, I'm always, I'm always like, I look, I love acting. I'll always act, but I'm actually working on a project right now that I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be coy. It's just the way it is. I'm not at liberty to like really Tell discuss us. it, but, but it's, but it's lovely. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a television project that I've written and, and you know, we'll, we'll see. It's, it's fortunately there's a, there's a, a, group of folks who have decided that they want to make it. And, and so right now I'm in the process of, um, you know, not only developing that with them, but sort of doing some rewriting and all of that, all, all nascent stages and all things that your viewers and listeners. There's a lot, there's a lot they, of stuff they, that you can't say yet, John. Yeah. And that, and that's that, the reason. Yeah. And it's not, it's not for any, it's not for any, so like, is there anything for, for published right now to say, except black emperor of, um, oh god no right. right now right now it's just black emperor and man like everybody else i'm just like you know whatever like, waiting for covid 19 to end bro Wait, just trying just to disappear. get trying to get through this stuff and seeing if we're all going to be standing at the end of it and who the hell's got the exactly call, who does so it, this and, film you know is I mean? perfect for people to check out check you out playing o'neill that's phenomenal it was a great conversation and i could talk to you for hours john but we have to say adieu we're gonna have a definitely another time when your project comes out we'll stay in touch and i really enjoyed the conversation but again work we follow you on twitter instagram places i'm sorry man i don't i don't do the social media thing probably yeah, not you know what you, it's kind of i was googling when's the last time you did an interview it's been a while for tv so yeah, I, I, I even put that on YouTube. So I'm like, yes, now we'll have a John well, Hensley interview up on YouTube, on Facebook, well, that's, everything. So that that's, finally your fans will get to see you. So you must be kinda, a very private person. You know, I, I, I guess I just, I, you know, my thing is, is, uh, you know, I, I, yeah, I guess, man. I, I, and again, I'm not trying to like, I just don't give it a lot of thought. Like I'm not, I'm not too interested in, I don't, you know, people, people, if, look, you found me, right? If anybody wants to talk to me, I'm a really easy guy to find. I'm not, so, so I might be private compared to how other people conduct themselves these days, but I'm, I'm an easy guy to find. And, and, and I, and I, and I'm happy to talk to anybody who's willing to take time out of their day to do so. But I don't, I don't really do the social media thing only because quite frankly, I, 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 
I, I don't feel like I got a lot to say uh, unless it's connected to a project. And if it's connected to a project that insists that I have a social media profile, well, then they can create one for me and I'll be happy All to right, toe John. the line. So, so, okay. I'm not going to say that's a good thing, John, but John does what John wants to do. And that's what Pretty John much. Hensley does. So I appreciate it. Google John Hensley. And then when you hey, Google man. him, my, the, our interview will be up on YouTube and up on other sure. things. And For you'll sure. just see John Hensley everywhere because of me. So I'll take <laughs> well, it. I really, I really appreciate that, Neil. Thank you. That's very, very kind of you, man. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks. Take care. All right, All right guys. That was the Neil care. Haley Show. Take care. Neil Haley here. Lensec has been a sponsor of the Neil Haley Show and Total Media Network for around a year and a half. And I wanted to tell you a little bit about Lensec. Lensec has been a pioneer in IP security videos since 1998. The company is a trusted security partner with experience around the world. Lensec has experience working with customers in higher education, K through 12 education, government, public safety, critical infrastructure, healthcare, commercial, and more. The physical security experts at Lensec help customers develop Enterprise solutions for their complex physical security projects using our flagship software, Perspective VMS. Lensex Enterprise-level video management software, Perspective VMS, is a browser-based software that streams and captures IP security camera video. The latest version of PVMS uses HTML5 interactive features in a thin client application that is designed to provide real-time situational awareness. Access control and other advanced features are integrated into a unified security platform, creating an ability to track behavior and movement while monitoring the live or recorded video. For more information, please visit lensec.com. And now back to the show. We're back to Neil Haley's show on the total celebrity segment. And you know what? Uh, when I get this guest on, it's time to talk football, sports, politics, whatever with Brandon Lang, celebrity handicap capper, Brandon Lang. Brandon, how are you? And uh, you know what? Uh, good old Pitt, they, they laid an egg last week. Yeah, you could sort of see that coming with that sluggish effort the week before. Um but I tell you what, man, that just goes to show you that any week, no matter how good you're playing, it just takes one team to get hot, and NC State was that team. So disappointed as it is, they better get serious because this is a Boston College team that had North Carolina on the ropes last week and probably could have came away with the outright win a couple breaks go their way. So Pitt can't feel sorry for themselves because if they go in there and they, they, don't, they don't give Boston College their full attention – they could be rolling out of there with another loss. So do not take BC lightly. I'm not sold on Pitt, especially their quarterback. I'm not. I don't care. His numbers look pretty good so far. I'm not. Well, then then according to you, Boston College plus the points is to play, which I also think they're the right side of the game. So um, I think this is going to be a war. Um, I've been on Boston College all year when they went down to Duke and beat Duke after Duke had played Notre Dame really well back home as a dog here for the second straight week. Um, I could see this being a field goal game. Okay. What about the Steelers after last week's COVID uh, buy? <laughs> uh, are you sold on the Steelers as one of the best teams in, in the NFL? No. No, I'm not. You know, the, the struggle they had at home, um, which was really surprising to me against Denver. 
Um, now coming off the COVID and the week off, I, I think that hurts them a little bit. Um, Eagles impressive last week, uh, getting the win at San Francisco as a eight point underdog. Um, this is a Philadelphia team that dominated Pittsburgh last time they met in 2016, 34-3. Um, I do think Pittsburgh wins the game, um, but I do think Philadelphia still playing for their season. I think this game goes down to the wire. But see, the thing is Philadelphia can't look at like they're in deep trouble as they're in first place in their division. So they could start 0-0 zero and zero in their mindset. And the Steelers, all they need to do, the, all Philly needs to do is get Ben off his game, and I could see Philly win. I hate to say that, but I could. I always say this. Philadelphia is a great underdog play. They're just a terrible favorite play. They're laying points. They're they're terrible. You give this team points, and, and it doesn't happen often, but you give this team points, and they are a feisty dog. I call them my Sunday feisty dog, and you're getting them plus over a touchdown here. That's just, in my opinion, way too many points, especially with Pittsburgh having that week off uh, due to Corona. So, um, I'm going to take Philadelphia plus the points. All right. So any surprise in the NFL, how dominant Kansas city is? And do you feel Casey can go back to back championships? I wouldn't say they're as dominant as, as everybody thinks they are. The Ravens made them look really good. And the implosion by the Patriots, the Patriots probably should have went in there and won that game outright on Monday. Um, twice inside the 10-yard line, come away with no points. The Chiefs got a pick six off a deflected pass off Edelman. Um, you see a 26-10 final. I see a game the Patriots had a chance to win outright, but when you're running Jared Stidman and Brian Hoyer in there, yeah. uh, they, they figured out a way to screw that up. I'm still not completely sold on KC. I, I would hope everything plays out okay with, with this coronavirus and Buffalo and Kansas City. Um, play the way they're supposed to. I'm all over Buffalo in that game at home against Kansas City. The problem is now with Tennessee having two more players test positive. They're trying to push the Buffalo game to Monday, and then they're supposed to play the Chiefs on Thursday, which they would move that game to the weekend, and a lot of things up in the air. We'll have a better idea of where the Chiefs are. If they go into Buffalo against that defense, that stadium, and come away with a resounding victory. I personally think it's going to be the Chiefs' first loss of the year as Buffalo just keeps finding ways to win. But due to the breakout of the corona, we don't know what we're going to get with Buffalo KC in a week. So you you look at the AFC as five really good teams, and the NFC, do they have any good teams? (sighs) Yeah. I mean, you can't discount the Green Bay Packers and how they're playing right now. I still would not sleep on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, as Brady starts to get more comfortable with Bruce Arians' offense, you saw the five touchdown passes last week, and that's just the fourth week with no OTAs and no preseason games. Um, and you can't sleep on Seattle and what Russell Wilson's doing. So, I, and, and listen, at the end of the day, the Saints are always going to be there because of the talent they have around Drew Brees. I do believe that it's four teams in the NFC. It's Seattle, it's the Bucks, it's the Packers, and, and and like I said, you I wouldn't sleep on um, the fourth team I said, which was Seattle, New Orleans, yeah, you're Green still, Bay, and the Bucks. So you still you, you see you think Brady's for real with the Bucks? I do. I do think Brady's for real. Called it, and, and I have the Bucks going to the Super Bowl. 
to face How did Bucks go in the KC? Super Bowl to face to face KC Brady versus Patrick Mahomes. Oh, That's my. what I called as soon as the Bucks signed Brady. I'm staying with it. Chiefs okay. and Bucks in Tampa <laughs> with no fans. Just kidding. With no, no there will be no there will be fans unless the NFL doesn't allow it. Because remember, Florida's wide open. I heard that the Gators are going to have their they can have their all their fans in the stadium. Can you believe that? This is again a, an absolute because of states. If we having states, you really can't. Uh, it's like you have another country, one like only 300 miles from you. It's crazy. Bro, bro all the coronavirus is, is it's the flu on steroids. <laughs> That's all it is. And if people, if, if people want to live their life in fear of this virus, so be it. More, when it's all said and done, more people are going to die of the flu this year than the coronavirus, just like it is every year. And then you sit here and ask Brandon Lang, hey, Brandon Lang, do you get a flu shot? The answer is no. Me I've yeah. never gotten one. And so the question is, if when this coronavirus vaccine comes out, am I going to get it? It's an emphatic no. I'm not afraid of this virus. I'm a healthy human being, just like I'm not afraid of the flu. And if you have some medical issues and, and, and you're afraid of getting it, well, then you live your life accordingly. But with the fake news and the media and, and instilling fear in society, we now live under this umbrella. Good for the government of Florida saying all the fans go in there. I love that guy, man. He should be our next president right there. If you get it, you get it. If you die from it, well, listen, you weren't healthy in the first place. Yeah. I know that sounds cold say, and callous, but, but that's the, the way it is with the flu. And the last thing of the political is I've talked to people that say they'd rather shut down the country, let the economy, than lose lives. It's so crazy. It's yep. it, it's the amount of crap we've dealt with with shutting down the, the country and to do it again. That's your choice. And the, if I was running the campaign for President Trump, all I'd say is you want more money in your pocket and you don't want the economy shut down. Vote Trump. That's it. You cannot say anything else. Be I would never have shut the country down no, when yeah. this virus hit, just like the, the flu. You know, I just I wouldn't. And, uh. and if people who got it were, were older people, um, it was what we're finding out now, the reality of it is it's pre-existing conditions that ignited. So you have a campfire and throw some gasoline in the campfire. That's essentially yeah. what it was. Well, if, if people in, in, in the elderly homes get the flu, they're probably gone yeah. as well. We, we need to see the numbers. We need to see the numbers where people are truly dying. Okay. BrandonLang.com, all access pass, right? That's it. 150 Dimer, number nine in a row, will go this weekend. It's the hottest release in the country. Number eight in a row was two weeks ago with the Packers over the Saints. Number nine in a row. One unbelievable streak goes this weekend. So make sure you stop by the website. Lang 2024, it sounds like. Right, Brandon? That's it. If I'm running this country, bro, bro we'll be fine. We'll be <laughs> There'll be a lot fine. of strippers out there. Yep. Yeah. Me and my vice. Listen, my vice president would be Snoop Dogg. So we're good. Very good, Brandon. Me and Snoop. Me and Snoop. Twenty twenty four. All right. Start. Start creating the t shirts. All right. Take care, man. That's it. All right. All right. Listen, to Neil Haley show. We'll be back in just a moment. All right, guys. The Andrew Shackin Show, and I'm excited to welcome the program, Andrew Shackin. Andrew, today we're talking about education, and it really frustrates you, doesn't it? Uh, let me tell you, Neil, uh, let me tell you, I am not a politically correct person. As a matter of fact, I run a podcast show, which I preface it by saying I am politically incorrect, meaning 
if you're gonna, if I'm gonna present something, if I'm gonna talk to somebody, I'm gonna give them the facts and the truth as I see it with honest discernment and critical thinking. I am not concerned with political rhetoric and political hype and medializing falsehoods. Don't wanna waste your time with it, ladies and gentlemen. I don't wanna waste my time. Tonight I'm gonna to talk about why we, and I am putting it baldly and, and honestly, why we are producing a nation of virtual illiterates. People can't read or write. I wanna talk about that. This is one part today. And then I'll be going on to something else next time. I hope you enjoy it because you get the rubber's going to hit the road when you when you hear me talking. All right. So, Andrew, when you talk about our education system, a, a bunch of illiterates, I want to know where you're getting this process. Okay, this from. is the thing. Uh, I it's a good question, uh, but um, I have talked to many uh, young people. And um, I have my doubts as to what precisely they are being taught. It appears, Neil, that they are not reading books, at least in the, in the urban school systems. Possibly in private schools, it's going to be different. I think it is. I've taught in private schools, and they are very much concerned with Europe, the traditional European literature and English literature. But I have uh, sort of discerned that in conversations with many people, young people, they have never heard of some staple authors. And these people, let me tell you something, Neil, the people I'm referring to, John Milton, Leo Tolstoy, and George Orwell, three examples of where people had not heard of these people. I have to say, without when people do not read these books, right. this is my firm conviction, they are, their minds are, are not functioning fully as they should. These books, which I just described, contain the greatest thinkers and greatest minds of all time. Maxim Gorky said when Leo Tolstoy died, he said when Tolstoy died, and Tolstoy was a tremendous writer and intellect, as was Milton. These were powerful minds. Right. Milton discerned in his epic poem, Paradise Lost, that the critical event in, in the history of humanity was the fall of men into sin. And I'll tell you something, Neil, whatever anybody say to me, anybody who looks at this world knows that it is a wicked, evil, messed up world. It is. Those are the facts. I don't think I'm exaggerating. There have been six or seven uh, genocides in the past hundred years. Millions and millions of people are killed. You know, Neil, what people are capable right, right. of. So, so I'm going to take you in this education portion you're talking about. And saying okay. this, if you're not reading these authors, these, literature, these, these authors, literature, European literature, the European yeah, so writers. And where I, are they teaching think, instead in our education system then? Okay, this is the thing. I'm not sure because I'm not in school at this point, but it, it appears that the education system is a political propaganda system. And many people say to me, some people say, that they will only read an extremely current book. Uh, for example, somebody said to me uh, that how can you read the Bible? It's 3,000 years old. My response is, I'm interested in the content of the book, not its age. And the fact is, when it, a book has been vetted over the centuries, you can be guaranteed that book has value. It has lasted, outlasted the sands of time. Right. So I think they are assigning, I can't say what they're assigning. I know I did some substitute teaching and the book they were assigning to these, and I'm not making a racial comment. 
I'm not a racist. I'm a Christian. I don't make racial distinctions or sexual distinctions or anything like that. Uh, God uh, actually has equal love for everyone. But um, I have to say this, that these books, these kids in this urban school were being signed, were about plantation masters beating black slaves. They were, I'm not saying it didn't happen. I'm not saying the idea isn't important, but they are assigning politically correct literature and books. And these books are current. They are not, they are also, I think there is a movement to uh, exclude white European authors on a reverse racial basis. What do you think? think Yeah, I mean, so I mean, they're looking at things in a way that are going to click all the standards and objectives of that education system for that state. Um, And they're seeing uh, greats like, unless you're in a honors lit class or AP lit class, those books are not assigned. And then even in college, they're not assigned if they even have that opportunity in a basic literature No, they're not assigned anymore because there's a political movement. What is the political movement towards those authors? What is the political movement? The political movement is, I think, uh, is a movement based on reverse racism, namely that these evil these evil white men who were the authors of these books were products of an extremely evil racist culture. They had slaves. Uh, and so uh, the, uh, the idea is that we have to, just like knocking down those statues right. of, those, of, those, of those individuals of, of European extraction. Uh, I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm not commenting on it, but they are concerned with a kind of a conclusion that these people should not be read because of their racism. I think okay. so. Okay, so, so, so what racism? Let's go to one of the authors, and that's where but we have a part two. Is, that's where you have a part racism, two and a part The issue for me is, are the books... Mm-hmm. What's the issue? Well, let me, let me say this. Um, when we don't read these writers I mentioned, and it could be Jane Austen, could be Joseph Conroy, could be Chaucer, should be Keats, could be Shelley, could be Byron, whoever they are, these writers of the, of these are great writers. These are great thinkers. I have read them and I know they're great writers and thinkers and people who do not read these books, their ability, their minds will be fried by cell phones, technology and cell phones and technology and computers. When you are, when your thinking is formed on that basis, I think, and you don't read these great writers, this is my personal opinion, you will, your ability to critically think will be significantly affected. And I think you can see it. And what defining In the absence of pr- critical what? thinking, Andrew, do you mean, especially I mean in the, the ability century? to mm-hmm. discern. For example, let me give you some examples of the ability to discern. I had a woman say, I'm not making a political statement uh, of a political character, but this woman, people have said to me, um, or the president is a racist, or, uh, and um, the question is, are you going to believe that rhetoric? Or are you going to be able to think it through correctly, perhaps discern critically that it isn't true? If If we live in a society where people are bombarded by political rhetoric, right? Right. Aren't they? No, so, so, so you're, you're saying that based on 
your belief system, your opinion. And I definitely want people to, to, to chime in on this at the YouTube channel, comment on, those, on the YouTube channel, yeah, go please. comment on it, especially on the radio show, wants to say anything. go to shotgunshow.com uh, for more information as well. Andrew, this is where I kind of have agreed certain, a lot of things you've said, but when you're talking go about ahead. not reading these uh, great, great writers, literature. to me, they're the great writers of all time. But That's see, what is that going to do? And, and when you're looking at leadership. The persons, look, a person is a vacuum. Unless you put something into that vacuum of value and worth, it remains a vacuum. And therefore, the person is, frankly, without content being, without things being put, a person's mind consists, will function if there's nothing in it. But that functioning will be very limited. Therefore, the human mind must be fed with knowledge and thought and true thinking. But see, that doesn't and hit the these standards. very great writers, and unless people's minds are fed, are, are given something to hold on to and to think about, I'm afraid they will be, frankly, Neil, it's not criticism. They can't help it. They'll be in darkness because they can't. There's nothing there, unless there's content in the mind. Nothing can happen. <laughs> you could be a genius, but there, there's no ability to discern, think, and put the dots together. No. And based on how the you discernment think if you, that you're you, saying, how are you going to think? Tell me, you know, how are you going to think if there's nothing in your mind? See, and then there could be the argument that you're saying that I agree with you. Not having these greats for people to study is a travesty to put certain other types of propaganda. Are out they there being hurt? Specific, Are the young people being hurt by this? Huh? Which Are is, the young people being hurt by this policy? See, I I would say they're being hurt. They're being they're being um propagandized. But I would not say losing these thinkers is destroying their education system it's just, i'm just it's, saying it's, that let me say this much i don't mean to interrupt you neil but unless a person's mind is given something to placed in it unless thought and intellect and 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 real thinkers are placed in that person's mind i hate to say this neil but that person isn't going to be able to think okay i can i i'll agree to disagree for and this point, Andrew, in the fact in education, that yes, we are providing a different ideology in our schools that does not give the other side of the story. But by not providing these courses or different things, I don't think it's going to be the end all be all. Education, yes, has been watered down, especially in the public education system, based on the tiers and the tracks that we put people for involved. But not to be exposed to specific literary greats, yes, it's hurtful, yes, it's terrible in certain aspects, but it's not going to change society. Is it going to be helpful to that what, person what, in their what, lives? What, what's going to change society is the ability mm. to not work, to, to learn how to work hard. Yes, these literary giants, it's a travesty that they're not exposed to as much as possible. Mm. But what we're teaching is that hard work doesn't need to be made. That hard work and based on it's more will uh -huh. give you things than other things. I don't think this, this is a microchasm of the problem. This is not the whole end all be all. I would like to know what other people think, but not reading those books is not going to prove someone's intelligence or discernment, in my opinion. But okay. uh -huh. I let's see, but on the other hand, Andrew, because uh -huh. this is your show, is uh -huh. 
This is just the part of what education's becoming. Education's being told that and taught that we're going to give you a job and that job's going to pay you and you're going to continue to work that job even if you don't reach the highest level mm-hmm. and we're going to give you the aid that you need and everything else. That's where we are going in society based on this election coming up. That, okay, you have a good job. I enjoy my job but I'm going to be paid what I'm worth regardless if it's not a huge skill set and that people that work harder and work more hours are going to pay more in taxes and are also are going to uh, be forced to take care of the rest. That is what they're teaching in our education system. And uh there's no way of overcrying that. And it all started Mm -hmm. with um, uh, the weather underground and um, Bill Ayers and Bill Ayers brought this whole process. So this is just the thing. If you have this kind of literary analytical thinking taught in your schools, people are going to start questioning what they're being taught. They want people to be followed. Well, when you don't have leader. this input in people's minds, are they going to be able to discern pull, correct political judgments, make judgments on current events? On no, they're already ju- propagandized in the schools. They've been propagandized in a certain direction. Therefore, when you read these people, these people, in my mind, I'm not saying it's not true. The schools are vocational. You're right. But I have an issue with the school being totally vocational. Okay. I think a school should be hand down the greats of the culture. That's my personal opinion. If education becomes purely vocational, then we'll produce a nation of plumbers. And that's all. So based on all of that stuff, Andrew, best place we can go is shackenshow.com for more information. We want to hear your feedback. We want to know what you think. Like, comment on the page. If you're listening to the radio program, make sure you go to shackandshow.com to listen because it's something Andrew brings out that people don't bring out. He's not bringing this crazy conspiracy stuff. Andrew's giving what he feels is the missing part of America today. The Christian, the ending of Christianity, Judeo-Christian culture in this society. As we saw in the debate last night, that's what's happening. I'm a journalist. It's not my job to be a opinion Mm -hmm. artist. My job is to present Mm -hmm. every point of view on my network of shows and so i'm never you're never going to hear me unless it might come into education giving my point of view and my thoughts my value system why because i am for all the people but andrew has this platform on my network andrew has this platform on youtube and his radio programs and his podcasts to bring his point of view so we want to know what you think comment like share if you watched the debate last night you would have seen ultimately if you thought that Kamala Harris, Kamala Harris won that debate, Senator Harris, over Biden, I mean, over um, Pence, you don't know how to rate a debate. So that's the kind of But isn't that part of the problem, Neil, that your ability to think, if you can't think correctly, your judgments will be incorrect. Opinions is all that matters now, Andrew. And as I try to bring is- If you think in terms of totally in technology and cell phones and computers, what are you going to be thinking about? All right, so com, Andrew. What are you going to be thinking about if you have only cell phones, exactly. computers? Uh, CC, I and, disagree on that. This. I believe technology is the greatest thing in the world. I believe. I asked you is what, what are you going to be? What are you going to be able to discern and think? I think so. If you only I have a diet of cell phones and technology. We're going to have. What are you going to be able to figure out? 
you're going to have to learn on your feet. So for example, what I'm able to do is multiple. When you have, when you have great projects. thinkers in your mind, See, your I ability don't think, to I don't think, think that, that develops it, I don't what? think that develops. I think it hurts the discernment so that you can understand Judeo Christian values. I think it's the parents at the home to provide that literary stuff, but the education system's propagandizing, but ultimately, Andrew, but isn't, the, isn't the education system almost based on business and technology and money and materialism? Not, they're not, they're That's what they're leaders. feeding these kids with. Bringing, Get a job, make a lot of money, I, right? What kind of a goal is not, that? You tell me. That making a job and other money. You'll see that the system is not way, meant to do that. It's meant on people. That, that is what the they're telling people is good. Sure. Get a job, make a lot of money. Don't know anything I, else. I don't, don't waste your time. I, I think that that's not what you're seeing the movement that's happening right now. If you see that you're seeing a movement of I'm going to sit on my butt and get checks. Ultimately, that's what we're seeing in the coronavirus. I still raise the issue. What are you going to know from your cell phone, from your computer? Yeah, I disagree. From, so that what are you going to know? For another time, Andrew. Are you going to know history? I think technology is one of the Let greatest things in the world. Are you, are you going to know history? See, I think you can. If you don't know See, history, is, you're it, not going to be able to understand what's going on in the present. I so we'll talk about this later, part two of education. But we got to talk technology. I, again, I repeat, I want to say this to you, Neil. If you don't know history, what are you going to understand about the present it's a and cycle. current events? It's an absolute what are you cycle. Going to know? But, but see, well, they're not teaching history in high school, and they're and they're choosing what they want to choose in college. It's up to us. They're and choosing. What are they teaching? I think we agree on this. They're teaching politics. Oh yes, they are because they have to. It's part of they're what teaching you need propaganda to do to the movement. And, and isn't it left-wing political propaganda yes, they're but teaching? Yes, but see, see, but that's what we did before in teaching family values and different Judeo-Christian in our schools, and then it got shut down. It's all about how people bring it out. And the bottom line is, at the end of the day, there may not be a lot of a lot of democratic uh, uh, movement for teaching political history. I don't think so. It's not what people want. It's what they have been pushed into. They're not going to. They teach culture and they're going to talk about Muhammad and things like that. They have a specific set plan. It's up to you to be educated in this world nowadays. Did you know that Muhammad was a pederast? So yeah, we'll have to talk boys. about that another time. We don't want to. So Andrew, that I think, was the the, I think everybody Andrew should know about this. Show, guys. Okay, should guys. know about Muhammad. I understand. We, that's another topic. All right, Andrew Shack and Show, guys. Shackandshow.com. Take care. Next. Celebrity slots. Free spin. Free to play mobile social slot games in the likeness of your favorite celebrities. Making money. Spin to win celebrity experiences through sweepstakes. Free to download. Free to play. Yeah, baby! What are you waiting for? Win meet and greets, celebrity merchandise, gift cards, and more! Download Celebrity Slots today!